Welcome to GLOW, the Glorious Ladies of Engineering podcast. In the spirit of reconciliation, I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in Southern Alberta. The city of Calgary is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Our purpose with this podcast is to inspire women and non-binary folk to pursue and continue careers in engineering by spotlighting leaders, role models, and peers, showcasing achievements, and discussing challenges at all stages of our professional lives. My name's Nicole, and I'm from Calgary, Alberta. Today's episode is the seventh in a series of seven episodes. It's the final episode of the series. As I've mentioned in earlier parts of the series, we received a lot of positive feedback from our initial podcast guest callout, and I wanted to talk to everyone. Each episode in this series is a compilation of answers to one of the questions we asked these women. With this series, I'm hoping to inspire and also spread the word about what a career in engineering could look like. With doctors, firefighters, teachers, etc., it's much easier for young people to get an idea of what those careers look like because we see them. But how often do we get to see engineers in their natural habitat if we don't know one in real life? In part seven, I'm asking the women what advice they would give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering. I'll include a short summary for each woman as we go through the episode. They're also in the same order for each episode, so it's easier to follow. But if you forget who anyone is, or you need a refresher, you can always go back to episode one. So without further ado, let's get into it. First, we have Alexis Mulligan, a fifth-year chemical engineering and biomedical engineering student at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She thinks the industry is lacking diversity and wants to see more women in engineering roles, including leadership. Last question, what advice would you give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering? My advice to women interested and currently in STEM is to shoot high. Um, Work for what you want, regardless of any stereotypes and bias. I personally always like to quote, there is no rule saying if a girl likes diamonds and high heels, she can't like math and science. There will always be a place for a woman in the engineering industry. Kelsey Van Tassel is a mechanical engineer and energy modeler working in Vancouver, British Columbia. She wants to see a more holistic approach to design and engineering. What advice would you give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering? I would say just don't bother trying to fit in. (laughs) Like just you're going to stand out anyway if you're, you know, like you're still, it's still male dominated. So like just, you know, don't bother. Just do, you know, negotiate what for what you need and wear the clothes that you feel are you know work clothes (laughs) you know you don't have to dress like the guys with the polo shirt and the and the khaki pants (laughs) it's not comfortable (laughs) i didn't wear that but like i went i went the other way i went like super femme like jewelry makeup high heels like i'm like so i've gone and then i've I've finally i was like you know I'm I'm gonna dye my hair the color the crazy colors and my tattoos are visible and, <laughs> and you know while the industry is very traditional and yes there are a lot of people who who do dress in the collared shirts with the ties and the jackets and and so on I do think there 
in recent years has become a lot more space for tattoos and different hair colors and piercings and you know in my, in my experience you know work sells and so yeah. if you do a good job and you meet your deadlines and you know your clients are happy with you then no one really cares what you look like because you're still you're you're successful so i that is nice to see next we have neha ninam an electrical engineer working with embedded systems in southwestern ontario she wants engineers to make themselves more approachable and accessible to their peers and colleagues. What advice would you give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering? Meet the people. And by that, I mean, like, I mean, really, that's not even on a young, on a young girl. That's on us exposing ourselves such that she can meet us to some end. But I, I, think, I think when you meet people, that four-year degree is no longer as scary because you're like, oh, I, okay, well, you know, I've known her for like three years and we relate on so many different ways and, you know, I can do it too kind of thing. Or, or just, just, yeah, like exposing your minds to it. I think for, like for me, eventually I realized, oh my goodness, the young ones can't find us. How are they going to find us? We have to reach out to them. And of course, you know, universities put on these programs and communities do these things and all that's cool. And I kind of said, I, I, I gotta do something. I, a couple, a couple of years ago, it was now I became a, a big sister with the big brothers and big sisters agency in, in London here. And thankfully it was, it's just funny how things work out. I am a big sister to a now, I think she's almost 16 year old, um, like 15 and a half. Um, and, and just a lot of times, you know, we will talk about school now she's only 15, so it's not, but, um, and I don't want to push, of course, I'm not going to push engineering on her or anything. Like, I mean, I'm a big sister, like, come on. However, I think I would like for her to meet and get to know other people or people like, you know, me, just people who are in fields that she's not necessarily exposed to. To be honest, that goes for any field. That goes for an artist. That goes for a musician. That goes for, like, Essentially, open up your mind to all the different kinds of things you can do. This is a philosophy that my mother taught me and has worked out very well for me in life is try it out. Worst that's going to happen is you're not going to like it. You know what I mean? Like go expose yourself to all different kinds of things and try out for basketball and then be terrible at it and just be seated <laughs> on the bench, but still do it and get a cool pair of Jordans out of it. It was great. So I think, you know, I, I think that philosophy has worked for me and I, I'm, I think I'm exposing that to other people as much as I can. Mm. Yeah, I remember being a kid and and thinking there was like 10 different careers available to humans and then becoming an adult and realizing you can literally get paid to do anything. Yeah. And it's just a matter of figuring out what you're good at. And it was that was a really eye-opening experience. I was probably like 20 at the time. <laughs> wow, I should have figured this out way sooner. <laughs> It's true, though. I think, yeah, I think I figured that out a little too late, too. I, I think I was past 20 years old, but by the time I figured it out. But yeah, I, I think and, and there is so much more opportunity now as well. You know, I think in given sort of, of course, technological advances and all of that. But I think our sort of social mindset is growing more and more. These things around the environment and things around, you know, um, um, taking on new new industries opening up. In, in this world of uh, not just like using your technical experience to do something that's say good for the world or, or whatever. Not that, you know, we don't, we all do it in our own way. 
that stuff I think is cool. Yeah, like the people that build the plastic collectors to drive around the ocean collecting out of the garbage patch or people fixing water scarcity issues. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. They're they're doing uh like I mean we're we're yeah, we're all contributing. Like for example, I I've um I do HVAC and plumbing design and so, you know, I've built schools and um fire halls, affordable housing other housing, um, hospital work. Like, I mean, you know, you're contributing, but, um, I mean, there's just so much, there's so much more you could be doing as well, as far as, uh, just making the world a better place. And I think that's something too, that's missing is that people don't know what engine, because, because we're not, because they don't get to see us face to face. We don't get that interaction. They don't really know what we do, but I also think they don't know how much we actually do contribute and help make the world a better place. Um, and so I, I, that's another thing I hope to accomplish over time with this platform is just sharing, shedding some light on the fact that we're, we are giving back to our communities and we are um, helping people even in our own way. You know, uh, we've talked to someone who, who, who works in telecommunications and talking about, you know, keeping the internet network up and running. And, you know, that's, that's huge. Not having access to internet in today's, informational world is is just it just doesn't work i mean everyone like it's important that everyone have access to the internet so that everyone has access to information yeah i feel like my network has doubled at least in the three months we've been working on this project which is which is really cool um before we stop recording do you have anything else you want to add one other thing i i sort of noticed when i you know on the one hand the minority of being a female another thing that was kind of interesting as i continued to sort of year two three was being a female of then a minority like ethnic group i'm i'm canadian but my parents are from india and um i grew up in a very sort of traditional household and what kind of happened over time what i started realizing was there was a sort of difference there in um so for example you'll know this you have to stay at school generally for hours. You're there till like midnight. You go home, you go to bed, wake up, you're back at school at eight o'clock. That's just how life is for four years. It was different for me when I, for, it was different for me in my circle. That's, that you know, I can, I can say that. Um, in the sense that I wasn't really allowed to do that. I had to, it was just different because I was in a, you know, grew up in a lovely but traditional home. And so I, you know, it was sort of like, okay, well, after class, you got to come home guy and I, I okay but guys we have to work on an assignment yes but you know safety and, and all of these other things and whatever so it was that was sort of one challenge I guess I actually I probably should mention this earlier but that was one thing that I didn't really realize was actually gonna be a thing and it was gonna like play out in ways where as you know there's so much teamwork but it's hard being the team member who's not there, especially when this was like pretty remote stuff, right? So the one thing I guess that I just like to say is in that kind of difference, or, you know, if there's anybody who's joining the engineering field with any kind of additional differences as well, you'll get through, it'll be fine. And the reason for why you'll get through is because we have great people that we go that we like went to school with like because we're you know in specific as it related to that and they will get you through and the last thing i'll say is i 
had myself and you know my friend I was talking about earlier we had a lot of encouragement as well from our male counterparts they first of all they never saw a difference between us and them in the sense of like a gender thing and I think those folks need to get a shout out as well because part of the reason I'll say for myself specifically that I have confidence in being the only female in a on a you know in a room full of guys which happens all of the time to all of us (laughs) is that (laughs) we were in those situations and when we were in those situations we were made to feel comfortable we weren't more often than not we were not in a situation where it was uh awkward or it was you know okay we can't work on this group because things are weird or whatever and so yeah so just just i just want to encourage people from all different kinds of uh walks of life to to there's i guess there's not a certain kind of person who's an engineer. It's like any other field, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you can come from any walk of life and, and, and join the field. And in fact, you should, because it adds color to the field and it adds so much more to our story than, you know, math and physics, you know what I mean? So that's encouraging. All kinds of kinds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Vivian Kasuth is a maintenance engineer in Lethbridge, Alberta. We featured her in a season one episode, and if you want to hear everything that Vivian and I talked about, check out episode four of season one. Vivian wants to see leaders who are aware of their biases and can relinquish old thinking to do the right thing. What advice would you give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering? This one is a hard question because, you know, similar to what you were saying before, you know, you don't want to scare people away by telling them the truth of if I told someone, you know, all the worst parts of my career, which are mostly dealing with people, dealing with, dealing with people, you know, who are part of the, you know, who could either promote me or demote me, who could hire me or not hire me, who choose to be my allies and colleagues or not. If I told them all those horrible things, there's no way in heck uh, a young woman would want to go into engineering. But I think very similar to what the Engineers Canada um, report. Is it the taking heed canaries in the coal mine? Yes. Yes. Taking heed canaries in the coal mine. Again, I think it's about awareness and hopefully young women can just read it in retrospect of something that happened so long ago, you know, that it, it won't exist for them when they finally, you know, graduate. But they as well need to know the history of women in engineering. That would be good advice to just to learn about the history, the history of, of why it's even a topic of having women in engineering. That would be my first bit of advice is just understanding that because we are we are standing on the shoulders of giants, the women who helped us get the vote, the women who fought to be in the workplace, who fought to get paid in the workplace. These things happen this happened over a century and this is just only the recent stuff. Like we I don't even know all the things that happened in further back histories, you know, further back centuries of, of what women's roles were. I only know what happened in the last hundred years that I'm aware of. And I think we have to celebrate those things so that 
both not taking for granted or even the fact that you don't want to lose those things when you look at other societies who have lost them, you know, girls in Afghanistan, where there's the Taliban, you know, they, they lost the things that they, that we enjoy. So I think that's one bit of advice is understanding the history of women in engineering and women in science. And it would be just to do what you love doing, do what is genuine to you, be authentic to yourself. I don't want anyone to like, I, I think of even just the hiring process for my current role. And I feel like I've been robbed of positions that I know I'm, that I am capable of, not that I even have to know that I'm capable of them, that I'm just capable, just plain capable of doing them. And I, I feel robbed of not, of not getting certain roles. So for, for what I have right now, of what, of what very little I feel I have right now in the steps of what an engineer could be, because I, I'm 20 years in my career as an engineer, over 20 years in my career as an engineer, and I'm currently in an entry-level engineering position. But if someone were to take that away from me, uh, of all the things that I described that I loved, that would be a, that's a true injustice. And it is, it would be soul crushing. And, and when I do my job, I feel, I feel it through and through of, of what I do. And I feel, you know, when you talk about imposter uh, syndrome, like I feel so alive and authentic when I do my role as you know as a maintenance engineer so i don't know just just be authentic with yourself and that's the least you owe yourself i bet no one writes technical emails like you do though (laughs) (laughs) heck (laughs) yes (laughs) should be yes they should be published such beautiful emails in the past (laughs) you could i mean you could do um like write articles or something yeah, some kind of like technical articles or get a Substack and and uh, publish your <laughs> your writing work and let everyone read it. I think that would totally. be really cool. Totally. A beautiful, yes, a beautiful Yeah. I I've I've had a chance to chat with the kids at the engineering program. They have like first year at University of Lethbridge and actually one of my big things of advice to them is like is communication. Know how to write a good technical email, know how to communicate your thoughts, know, you know, if you if you can't communicate your thoughts then you know, you you can't share yourself, you can't enrich those around you with with all your wonderful brilliant ideas. Yeah, I agree and I as engineers we can be a little introverted and so we don't always focus on the soft skills but they are so important also I think there's a real beauty in being able to describe something really technical in a way that isn't technical at all Mm. you know like being able to convey your science to someone who has no idea what you know what that 
is or what that means, but having but being able to explain it in a way that they they understand, they follow exactly what you're saying. My mom, my brother and I are both in engineering, but my mom is nowhere near an engineer. Like it's just not her cup of tea. But I but I talk to her about work all the time, and so I have to find ways to explain myself in a manner that she'll understand. And so I actually get quite a bit of practice. <laughs> and I do think that I do think there's beauty in that. And because it's, I don't think it's fair that we get to have all the fun and no one else gets to know about it or learn all that stuff. And I wanted to share it with everybody. Yeah. Totally. Next, we have Heather Elliott, an envelope engineer in Calgary, Alberta. She is aware of the Catch-22 with technology and our reliance on it, stressing the importance of critical thinking skills. What advice would you give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering? I would say... Uh, funny enough, don't, you know, don't look at the, the four or five programs, you know, that, that are, that are offered at a university and think, oh yeah, I got to choose one of those five. I think that there is a pathway out there for anyone in engineering and that there are so many small niches that people can fit into that when they start, they, they don't even know exist. So I would, the advice I give is just to, you know, just absorb it and enjoy it and work through you know, the program that, that feels right to you. But at the end of the day, I also think that there are, you know, from from whatever pathway you start off in, in post-secondary, you might end up in something that you never imagined. You know, it's like, I think of so many interesting people that I've met in engineering, people who work on explosives, people who work on fire engineering, people who work on, like, it's just wild what people get into down the line. There was no course for that. There was no, you know, research chair in that you know <laughs> like it didn't exist yeah. at the time but I think that there's I think that's something so exciting to me about engineering that it can really take you a lot of places I think specific to to young women um, interested in it I think you know keep jumping into those programs like we're seeing so many more people use it as an opportunity and a platform and and I love talking to all the students you know that that I get to to interact with kind of who are in that position uh, and whether they're summer students or interns or, or um, you know, just asking questions, I always find that it's it's all about asking those questions. Funny enough, um, and again, like I said, the way that I kind of fell into my discipline was in a way by accident. It's like I talked to the right person at the right right time, and and thought, oh, like there's that weird optional class over here that I've never considered maybe I'll give that a shot. I need the credit anyway. <laughs> right? And then lo and behold, here I am 10 years later. Right. So it's, it's really interesting. So it's like, don't, don't kind of like put on the blinders and, and, and kind of just, you know, kind of think that this is, this, there's only one path. I think that there's, there's just so many options out there. Yeah. I think to getting out there, you know, if you're in the industry talking with young women who may or may not be interested, just expo- like just exposing them to what engineering is. And if you're if you're a young person and you're interested in engineering, even, you know, trying to connect with those people in industry to see, you know, ask them questions. Mm-hmm. I would say most engineers really enjoy their job. And so we probably love talking about it and would talk 100%. to like mostly anybody <laughs> about it for hours at a time. Yeah. So we just got to find people that want to listen to us. Yeah. Like I always say, like if, if, if you're in university and people are putting on, you know, uh, panels or if you have ways to get connected with people in industry, I think that that's so important um, mm. because I, I also loved university in terms of theory, right? I, you know, uh, like I said, I started out in 
uh, structural engineering. I don't do that actively anymore because I, I kind of found a different path. But, you know, like I loved the theory behind it and I loved learning about it and, and a lot of the 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 basics of it, you know, still apply to a lot of things around. So it's it's one of those things where if you if you can get involved in something that kind of connects you to industry, I think that that's huge, even just to find that mentor or even just that one on one conversation. That's huge. And it can be anything from, you know, using kind of like the, the career pathways kind of network to try and try to make those connections or even just getting getting involved. There's a lot of, of groups out there that are specifically targeted for kind of like the the um, you know, whether it's young women or just young people uh, who are who are interested in that. Uh, and I think that it's it's really important to kind of expand your network. Uh, you're gonna find like-minded people. You're gonna find someone where you where they describe their job to you and you're like, oh, oh I didn't even know I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. That's the the one of the silver linings, I guess you could say about COVID with and everything being online is there's just so many different events that you can just mm-hmm. jump on. Almost all of them are free. You can do them from your living room in your pajamas and you get to like experience all these different worlds that you never would have seen before, which I just think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Megan Bowen is a mechanical and environmental engineer who recently completed her master's in renewable energy and engineering management. She wants to see improvement in public engagement and succession planning. What advice would you give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering? Other than find a mentor? Yes, yes. (laughs) Which is huge, which I like 100% absolutely agree because that act of finding a mentor uh, brings up a couple things. And the one, it teaches yourself that you don't know everything. <laughs> it helps you network in the sense that you previously didn't. You previously, when you're coming out of school, you're interacting with people in the same wavelength as you and um, so it forces you out of your comfort zone a bit. And in part from my personal experience, I would recommend trying out the different branches or disciplines as much as you can, as early as you can. So part of my picking mechanical engineering was for its breadth. And then I've used my uh, internships over the summers to, um, I actually worked as a forensic engineer one summer. I worked in the government of Alberta as a <laughs> Department of Infrastructure and Transportation Planning Engineer one summer. And then, uh, I don't know if you know this, actually, I did work in building services for a year um, out in Toronto before starting in the oil and gas industry here in Calgary. And I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that I was like, no, like, you don't entirely know which branch you want yet. You don't know why yet. Try them out. And um, so I'm glad that co-op programs are available to offer that. And I would say just just try that. I, I know there's sometimes um, it's easier to just stick with the same company as you're going through those those, pro- those programs, but you're kind of missing out then. Yeah, I th- I agree with that, that co-ops are really your chance to try things you're not sure you'll like. You know, I I went to school originally, my specialty, I went to school in Windsor. So, uh, you know, right outside of Detroit, my specialty was automotive. I had a mechanical technology, but then, you know, an automotive specialty. And I graduated in 2008 when everything crashed and I decided I didn't want to stay in Windsor. So I moved west, ended up in Calgary by a complete fluke, ended up in building services now, you know, 13 years later, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I, I love it. Yeah. But I would have, you know, had I had not 
you know, had things worked out differently, I could be doing something completely different. Also, I, it's my understanding, and you went to the University of Alberta in Edmonton, correct? That's correct, yeah. So it's my understanding that a lot of programs, uh, you don't pick your discipline until second year. That's correct. Yeah. So that gives you some time too to to talk to people and learn and and talk you know talk to your professors, talk to your other class, talk to your classmates, and and look at the course curriculum. You know you don't need. I don't think you need to go into you know year one and have your entire plan laid out. You know, having an idea yeah. or, or or a concept of where you want to go is good. But, you know, if you get halfway through first year and you decide, oh, I don't want to do electrical, I want to be a chemical engineer, you can still do that. And I think, too, like for some of the some schools and some programs also allow you to almost have a double major to, if you're if you have two disciplines that are pretty close together. Um, I know someone that did I think she did mechanical, but then she also did like biomedical and it was only a couple extra courses. And she was able to take electives that gave her that second certificate in the same amount of time, which was also pretty cool. And that opens a lot of doors, right? She, I mean, she could stick with mechanical, but she could also go into biomedical and make, I don't know, I was reading about these like robotic exoskeletons the other day. Oh, they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pause here for a second to offer my advice to young women interested in or starting out in engineering. First of all, do it. Give engineering a shot. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Second, not all paths are the same. Find what works for you, find what you're good at, and find what makes you successful, and then just run with it. It's like that old saying, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Next, we have Hannah Kaufman a mechanical engineer from Rochester, New York, who received her degree at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She wants to see more accountability and diversity in engineering. What advice would you give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering? I think, well, I have so many answers to that. So I would say be bold, be exactly who you are. I mean, don't make yourself small for anyone. Just, I mean, there's a lack of representation of women in engineering. So I mean, you most likely won't see yourself in this field starting out. And it does not mean you are not meant to be here. You are unwanted or unneeded. It just means there hasn't been one of you yet. So I would just find your glow, find what makes, find that enthusiasm in yourself that gets you up in the morning. It doesn't have to be science. It doesn't have to be something technical. It could be reading books or doing your nails or it could be mountain biking. Someone, you will connect with someone and they will appreciate that. And it will, you will find your people. You will find yourself in this field. You don't need to make yourself small. I would say to set boundaries, be okay with saying no. Be okay with turning off the computer at the end of the day and just not answering that email to to not take on extra work to not go to that party or so many different things it's okay to put yourself first it's okay to have it's okay to be feminine to have emotions it's okay to exist in that way in this industry yeah it's just, i think it will take a lot of time but you will find you will find your stride and it'll be okay Great advice. Also, I don't think I told you this before we started, but our podcast name is Glorious Ladies of Engineering, which we're calling Glow for short. So the fact that you said to find your glow kind of suits us. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we have Saffron Skinner-Wilson. 
a building envelope engineer in Calgary, Alberta. She recommends finding your fit in engineering, and if something isn't working, make a change. What advice would you give to young women interested in or just starting out in engineering? Uh, If you're interested in engineering, I would honestly highly recommend it as your bachelor degree, because there's nothing that you cannot do with your engineering degree. You can take it to any Anything that you just need a bachelor's, your engineering degree will teach you how to think. It'll teach you how to problem solve. It will teach you how to take in so much workload and manage your time to output the things that are actually required. Because that's a lot of engineering school work is just, we're going to throw so much at you and you're going to learn how to deal with it. And then if you actually want to go into something that has a master's like law, medicine, or business, all of those are really actually benefited by having an engineering basis. Like my uncle is a lawyer with an engineering undergrad and he's, he's so successful because he has a niche that is so rare law and and engineering medicine and engineering. I have a friend who did that as well. And he's managed to specialize in some really niche aspects of medicine because of his engineering background. And then MBA, you just know a little bit more about how the world works from a technical and business standpoint. So it's a great pairing, and I would recommend it for anyone who has even the slightest competency in uh, math and sciences. And if you are already just in engineering and just starting out, I would suggest find the aspect that interests you. So for me, it was people and problems that weren't black and white, and I just found my way to envelope. And it's been great, and I really genuinely loved it. Also, if anyone's just starting out and people are telling you about, you know, gender issues being the biggest problem and the biggest hurdle you're ever going to meet, it's not. It's honestly, there was a phenomenal generation of women ahead of us who fought that battle for us so that we don't have to, at least not really to any major extent. So I would, I would want to caution people from getting caught up in the fear mongering uh, that can occur. Yeah, I don't really have, I don't really encounter issues necessarily because I'm female. Like, I don't, I don't think I really get treated any differently, but for the most part, I mean, I mean, I come across the odd person. Some people are a-holes and they will be a-holes. So, I mean, regardless, it doesn't, and they may be a-holes to you because you're a woman and there may be misogynists out there. And I actually have worked with one. He sucked and I changed companies and everything was fine. Like it's, it's not a systemic thing. Yeah. They do exist, but that doesn't mean that it's prevalent in the entirety of them. Yeah. I, what I, what I notice most is that wherever I've worked it, and maybe it's different in envelope, but you know, I'm one of a handful of, of females in my current, in my Calgary, in the yeah. Calgary office. So, I mean, we have offices across the country and I haven't actually counted across the entire company, but in the Calgary office, I think there's three or four of us in a technical role out of 30 or 40 yeah. people. So that's more where I'm, where I notice it the most. I'm just like, where are all the ladies at? Well, so my, <laughs> why aren't my you here? first job out of university and envelope actually does have a fair number of women in it because it isn't quite as technical. It isn't quite as black and white and there's a lot of human interaction. So I find that it actually, it, it doesn't, there's a lot of benefits to being a woman just because we tend to be a little bit more emotionally intelligent and again, giant generalizations. But a lot of times we find that more engaging, whereas we're not as caught up in the technical nuance. So I've actually found Envelope to be 50-50 for men and women. Um, But coming out of school, I was a general contractor, like boots in the ground, got my iron ring, was boots in the ground in like a week, I think it was. And it was the biggest project in Calgary and in Alberta at the time. 
And so everyone put forward their, their cream of the crop, like subtrades, consultants, everyone put in their most experienced professional like people. And I would have a game where I would look around the room and count who was under 30, like me. And it was usually like four out of about 40. And who were the women? And it would be between one to three. And that was every meeting. I just started like subconsciously. And it wasn't even that I disliked it. I was always like, yeah, I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it definitely doesn't have the same percentage of women to men in construction but I've not found it to be a problem. Like there, there have been assholes, but my male peers also had to deal with assholes just in different scenarios usually. So just, it's a, I always say it's a different card, a different hand of cards that you're dealt who plays their cards best. Well, that concludes this series. I hope you enjoyed hearing all of these stories as much as I enjoyed sharing them with you. Over the course of this series, we heard from eight women across disciplines and across the country about why they chose engineering, who the role models are, the challenges they faced, their typical day, their hopes, their recommendations for improvement, and finally, their advice to young women starting out in engineering. We got a lot of really diverse answers, and I'm really impressed and thankful with everyone's contribution to this series and our podcast project. I hope you enjoyed this series as much as I did and stay tuned for more exciting things from us at GLOW. This podcast is developed and produced by Gina Marin, Miriam Abdulrahman, Kara Slow, Caitlin Fedorkiu, and me, Nicole Imason. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the GLOW podcast so more people can find us. For our socials, search at Glow Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. That's G-L-O-E. We want to hear from you. What do you like or dislike about our show? What would you like to see us do with this platform? Please send your feedback to glowpodcast at gmail.com. We may even do a mailbag episode in the future, so let us know if you want to remain anonymous. Episode schedules can be found on our website at glow.ca. And our music is The Justice by Mountaineer. Thanks again for joining us today. And until next time, keep nerding out.